0: We are on time somewhere. Uh, So I'm going to start with Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Designer and Developer Having Coffee. My name is Tom. I'm a designer in this duo. And since we are starting with a random fact, my random fact of today is that I have two cats and a dog. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you might see a cat in my background sleeping on the window that is not here at the moment.
1: Hi, I'm Mario, and I'm the Developer in this duo And since I didn't have a random fact about me I was just looking around And I saw that a random fact about me Is gonna be that I actually own a brass kazoo If you don't know what a kazoo is A kazoo is Thank you (sighs) So
0: It looks like a weird little bonk But uh, okay
1: It um, yeah, it would be much better if it was if it were a little weird bomb. But yeah. Uh, anyway, let's not start promoting that stuff on our. <laughs> before we get cancelled, uh, I have the topic for the day. The topic for the day was actually suggested by one of our listeners. Hello, Nika. Thank you, Nika. The topic for the day is about people you should not be working for, or you should not be working with, or you should, well, not be. Working for or with. Involved. So, <laughs> yes. So, uh, uh, with that having said, Tom, think of something smart to start us off on the topic.
0: Okay. Well, and when first I say think, came... I didn't mean actually spend
1: time thinking. I meant say something.
0: First thing that came into my mind yesterday when you forwarded the message about the topic was whoa, there's so many red flags that i know either from clients or from people that i've worked with that oh if only i knew this before and there are so many so well let's start with type of people you shouldn't work with in terms of clients not in terms of uh, co-workers so clients you shouldn't be working for and Coming from a a freelance perspective, one of the major red flags, a couple, let's let's say three major red flags would be clients that are micromanaging you. So people that are always on your case, trying to control how much, what, and when you're working. And I understand to a degree that people who are hiring freelancers working remotely, they can tend to feel out of control because they don't know whether or not you're actually working but when you get to a point where you are a professional have your own standards and you're actually working you shouldn't be tolerating people who are trying to micromanage and control every move that you do that's one of them the other one is people who have uh there's a term that uh, i've used before called fake urgency and then they are compounding deadlines onto you because there's always something that is important and some shit that you need to do that needs to be done by tomorrow. And then you do it, you break yourself and then they don't pick it up for a week. This needs to be done tomorrow. You would do it, send an email, and then you don't get a reply for a week. And then if a week, oh yeah, thanks. I just seen it, whatever. And this is when I felt really stupid. That's number two. And number three, And I know this is kind of obvious and we're going to have a whole episode about this, but the people that are not paying you on time, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're working with a client that is not being mindful of the deadlines of payment, then you should just drop them. Don't negotiate. Don't rationalize. There's plenty more where that came from. Find a person that values your work, what you do, and the timely manner when you deliver and pays you on time. And that's it.
1: I kind of sort of agree, though I would, uh, uh, add a few. So the first thing that I would suggest people to do is understand the value that they bring. So this is what I can do. And this is something we even talked about in the last episode or in previous episodes, but basically this is what I do well, and this is how I can help your company so i don't know i'm uh good at software development i have a team that's amazing at software development i have a good way i'm good in communication i can understand the problems that people are having explained in human language i can translate that to development world and back so that's where i'm strong at and i can understand how to help people technically that's my 40. and That's what I'm bringing to the table. I can solve your problem in a technical way. My job is to understand whether that is something you need. And if that is not something you need, there are people who kind of feel obligated to mold other people's needs into what they do. And that is never working out. So if I can actually solve the problem that you have then I would love to work with you. If you have kind of a problem, which is not necessarily something I can solve, but I really want a job because I want to make you know instant money, and then I kind of force your problem into the way I solve stuff, that is never going to be a successful cooperation. Even if we end up delivering the project, even if we end up getting it all the way across the finish line, in the end, nobody's going to be uh, uh, extremely happy. The second thing is uh, the budget. I'm speaking from a developer point of view, I'm speaking from the software development uh, side of things, but things take time and things cost money. And if you have a client that is unrealistic on either of these, then they are not your ideal client. So uh, uh, do talk to the client about the money. Do talk to the client about the estimates. They don't have to be exact estimates, but if you tell them, hey, this project is going to last six to 12 months, and they say, oh my God, I expect it to be three weeks, then that's not a good client for you. If they say, yeah, that's something that I was thinking, then we can you know, go forward because the expectations are realistic. If you take, you know, so that's, that's a, a very important thing for me that the expectations are realistic and that the expectations are clearly communicated from both sides. So uh, uh, I used to be very afraid to have that topic in a conversation. However, luckily, with 20 years of experience, you learn some stuff. So I learned that this is a conversation that is necessary and that this is a conversation that the sooner you have it, the better. So uh, uh, do talk about budgets and do talk about value, and the third thing is uh, again, uh, you understand your value, but unders- try to find clients that understand the value that you're bringing for them. So when you solve a problem, that they are grateful for it, that they see the value, and this is also partly how you're going to communicate. You know, you can say, "Hey, I did the task. What you did." Or you can say hey now your application can actually allow your users to do this which will help you here so it's also a matter of communication whether you are you know a direct uh, uh, engineer saying hey i updated class userservice.cs or will you try to explain it to them in their language for them to understand the value usually if you can explain to your clients the value that you're bringing they will be very grateful on any improvements that you make what would be
0: like the biggest red flag for you when you're interviewing a your client where you would decide not to engage with them, so even before you have a contract with them, like you you have your discovery meeting, and then you say, "Okay, this is the type of person I don't want to be working with so
1: first of all, uh, I want. I would like and I always try to work with people who are kind of uh, uh, from the attitude point of view I'm going to say normal with no meaning to say to disrespect anybody but not people who are condescending me like hey I'm doing this and you're going to deliver a service for me that way." that's why I'm your superior and you're going to be my minion but kind of people that say hey I need help can you help me and then we're on the same sort of playing field. I am going to serve, do a service for you. You are going to pay me my invoices. This, this is all very nice. We are going to have that uh, uh, you know, uh, vendor-client relationship. But I want always to try and make a partnership a relationship where me and my company and my team and we are here to support you and to help you in any way we can. And if that attitude is there from the other side, that's great. If it's not, that's for me a red flag. The second red flag is unrealistic expectations. So if I tell you, hey, listen, I expect this to you know, be three to six months, is it okay for you? And then you come back with, no, 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 I have a hard deadline that it has to be in four weeks. This is where I'll say, okay, in that case, thank you very much, but I'm not the person to help you. I cannot do this in four weeks. If you find there are better developers out there than I am, there are better teams than my team, there's a better company. But if you can find people who can do that in four weeks, I I cannot and I don't want to tell you now that I can and then not deliver. I would rather tell you upfront that I don't think it's doable. And if you find a team that's going to do it, great. Good luck to you. I usually think to myself, if you find a team that can do it in four weeks, please, after you finish with them, refer them to me. I want to hire those people. But yeah.
0: I wanted to say the exact same thing. When somebody tells me that I'm too expensive or take too long, they're going to find it like I'm always up for finding those people if there's someone who can do it better faster and cheaper than i can i want to hire that person and uh, i'm not saying that i'm either slow or bad but and there are some fast and amazing people and i've worked with them but they are so hard to find and they are usually even if they exist if you find this magical unicorn They are so booked up that they will not get around to your project. They are not just twiddling their thumbs waiting for your project. So even if they exist, they're not available for you to start immediately. So if you need something in three weeks or three days or whatever the unrealistic period is for the project that you're trying to get, that type of person that can actually deliver it in that magical quick time frame
1: is not probably available. I have this little evil thing in me when... People tell me, I don't know, uh, uh, yeah, we didn't decide to go with your company. You said that this was going to take, I don't know, two months. We found a company that said they can do it in a month. I have that little evil thing in me that would love to schedule a meeting with that company in a month just to ask, hey, I would just like to know how it's going. (laughs) Yes, if you could be a fly on the wall by a little bit, I'm not going to be off by double.
0: So there I've seen this firsthand where companies would agree on whatever the timeline the client wanted, full on knowing that it's not achievable. But then they know that once they have client locked in, they will not be able to drop them and start fresh from somewhere else. And it is a tactic that some of the some of the companies use that I really do not respect. And I think it's not a way to go. Uh, I will never name them and shame them. It's their doing. uh, But whenever I come across a person either on a networking event or through people I know that tell me these horror stories, uh, what I try to do is recommend them to someone else, explain and show that there are better options, more honest people to work with. And then I would recommend them further to either someone I know I've worked with before so they can avoid that type of
1: downfalls that they have with with the current team. So I think it's easiest if you are upfront with people about, the more you're upfront with people about everything, the easier it gets. I recently had a request where a potential client is asking for something. I'm not necessarily the best fit for what the client would need. And this was literally my sentence to her. It was like, hey, I think you need more than I can deliver. I can deliver a part of it. Let me think about it and how best it could be done and what I can help you with. And then I'm going to come back to you and say, this is what I can do for you. But for this part of work, you might need another person or another team or another whatever. And if you're open to that, I can suggest connecting you to some people or things like that. But basically... I don't want to say, I don't want to be in a position where I said I could deliver something I cannot because then I'm in position that every night I have to go to bed and think about, oh my God, how I'm going to deliver the thing that I said I would, and I can't. And that's not worth the money. So, uh, uh, Uh,
0: since I wanted to mention within this topic, also the type of people that you don't want to be working with or hiring or partnering and the problem is when you are an employee within a company you don't get to choose people you work with so maybe this can be a warning to avoid these type of people and i've seen a couple of times happen within a company structure the politics is going on and i'm coming in as a freelancer or a contractor or a consultant or an outside person, I give my best not to get involved with office politics and office bullshit and what whatever people are doing internally. And it kind of gives me the this benefit of a fresh pair of eyes that's untainted by who said what to whom, who said this, and they did that, and all the cutthroat stuff that's going on. And I've seen a couple of times where people would be, talking like one person would say to person a oh person b said so and so and did so and so against you and then they would go to person b and say oh person a did this and this and i had a conversation about that just today with a friend of mine who are who is currently going through that within the company he's working with and it's so painfully obvious when you can see it but sometimes people get so involved into who said what game and then kind of shit goes, shit hits the fan, and then what? So I would give my best always to avoid those type of people who kind of, if somebody comes to you with information about a third party who said something about you or your project or whatever you're doing, my advice is go and confront that person face on and say, hey, uh, that person told me that you said X, Y, and Z, and just clear it up with them. What I've learned and I've experienced this in my career numerous times is that person would have zero clue what i'm talking about and they would be like i would i'd never said that like why would and then it would be like oh then the coin drops because they would be like oh but that person told me that you said x y and z and then we would figure it out and there are things that i don't want to publicly talk about but from the specific situation that i'm describing it came that I managed to form a team that got detached from a company and then went on to perform amazingly because they were all being poisoned by one single person. So when we figure it out that we are all being fed the information about every other member of the same team uh, from this one single person, they figure out, oh, that person is poisoning the well. And we are all, because I thought all of these guys are hate hate me and everybody hates me because that person told me I had no reason to not trust that person and everybody else is against me. And then once we because I went on to one of the guys that I kind of felt like we are we are friends. And then I heard this from the third party. And I came to him and told him like, dude, this kind of sucks that you told this about me because I felt that I did good work and blah blah blah. And then he said, Well that's not true. I never said this, but I heard that you just said about me. And they were like, wait a minute. And then we went to the other guys that we also heard shit about and then kind of cleared it all out over coffee, the five of us. And that was like, okay, now we figure it out. And I was like, how about we just move the fuck on, detached from the current situation, form our own shit and just start performing because we are clearly good together. Let's just do it on our own. And then we did. And we did, the, we did so for a couple of years. Uh. Eventually, I moved on from, from the from the collective, but they are still actually performing and kicking ass, and uh, it's so it's a privilege to see them just destroy the market, and it's really good. So, uh, yeah, that's a fair warning to always air out with people that you come in contact with that tell you that tell you negative stuff that other people said about you.
1: There is a story that I read on LinkedIn the other day about Socrates. So let's go back for about, I don't know, 2,000-something years. Uh, Socrates is walking down the street, and a guy comes to him and says, Hey, did you hear this about the person that we know? And Socrates said, Stop! Before you tell me, I have three questions. First, do you know that the story you're about to tell me is true? Well, I don't, but this was told to me by... Okay. Second, is it a good story? Are you going to tell me something positive about the person? No, actually, it's quite the opposite. Third, can I do anything constructive with the information that you are telling me? Well, I don't know. I don't really think so. Okay. Please do not tell me this information. <laughs> this makes no sense. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if it's just uh, LinkedIn, let's go viral BS, or is it actually a story about Socrates, but it makes perfect sense and it's a clear and simple uh, uh gossip detector mechanism that you can use in everyday life like when somebody tells you hey have you heard this about uh stop <laughs> three questions <laughs> do you know this for a fact is it positive or negative and can i directly use the information that's a really good uh gossip detector is there a word
0: for like positive gossip like what isn't would it... be the praise or praise? but isn't it all gossip? Or is it uh... yeah,
1: if it's if it's un un uh, um, unproven un undocumented praise if it's praise like you know I've never met this person but I'm going to come to you and say hey John is awesome is that gossip or not?
0: I don't know. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to google it now. And and see if it's uh, a synonym for gossip would be.
1: But I think not synonyms, but antonyms. I think Uh, regarding to gossip, we should just you know like you know how HTML has uh, uh, starts here and ends here. The gossip should should have the same like you know, gossip open tag. Hey, did you hear this about energy? Gossip close tag. And then we would know. So it says, Google says the opposite of gossip would be
0: facts or the truth, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily mean that gossip gossip can still be true. It does, but, uh, but yeah, because before we started this conversation, I shared with you positive gossip about our friends. True. It was very inspirational. Uh, and I think they did a really good thing. But it's not gossip if it's a really good positive story. Like this person achieved so-and-so, and and it was a great achievement.
1: Unfortunately, a lot of our listeners are either from the IT industry or around the IT industry or around the design industry or somewhere. So we need like linguists to jump into this. And not only linguists, but like UK linguists. So if there's any UK linguists out there listening, first please subscribe ding the button ding ding all of that thumbs up yay nice and then please write us in the comments what is the technical definition of gossip and what is the positive what is the technical definition and the word for positive gossip thank you very much positive gossip we should start a trend of positive gossips and
0: then uh have you heard about this guy he did this amazing thing and it should be something that we should do there was it a there was a there was a great bit from Henry Rollins who i really love uh, and he does a lot of uh, like spoken word and a lot of uh, like public talks but he went a little bit in stand up comedy at one point so there was a, like a 20 minute clip of him doing stand up comedy uh and not just doing his sp- regular spoken word and and i remembered this bit I don't remember the context, but he said that we should do more like positive bullying. uh, That should be like going around the street and just yelling people like, "Hey, you, looking good!" And it (laughs) (laughs) just—we should start doing that. So, so that that should be a trend where we go out and support people for doing that shit. Because I don't think enough people do that enough uh everybody's quick to judge everybody's quick to criticize and this is one of the red flags as well of what type of people do not work with with people who are judging and criticizing without offering constructive solutions but i think we need more people who even if they don't have anything nice to add if they can support you like support people that you know who are doing some good stuff who are doing some amazing and and share their stuff Subscribe to their content. Hey, subscribe to their podcast. (laughs) Tell your friends about it. Get us to 100 uh, subscribers by the end of this month. That would be a great milestone. Uh, Not saying that you should do it, but I'm asking you to do it. (laughs) Subtly. Subtly. I'm being subtle. I'm going to to add a little ding in this as well.
1: Yep. Uh, But another thing that actually, so it's weird. As my company is growing, We've actually grown to a place where we are now working on, and this is going to sound horrible coming out of my mouth, defining the company culture. And it sounds horrible when I say it. I always thought like that's management, HR, BS, that is not necessary. We are developers, let's just do this thing. But there are things that people should be mindful of. And one that I was actually accused of in one of my previous companies. So I know that a lot of people who are currently listening to this know me personally, and a lot of people who have listened to previous episodes, all 51 of them, uh, have, I think, gotten an impression that I'm a positive person. However, at one point in one of my previous companies, my manager called me over and said, listen, you gotta stop being so negative. What? You gotta stop being so negative. So we had, we were using a platform to do our job, and we had a product team that was delivering new features for the platform. And the whole way of doing it was not necessarily in sync. So sometimes we would get features that were either half finished or were finished, but weren't really covering our process or things like that. And then we would be like, oh my God, this should have been done better. Who gives them the right to do this? Why didn't they ask? They are, they suck and so on. And then we would end up using the platform and doing amazing work with it. And then we had new people coming on the team. And they kind of picked up on our attitude. Oh, my God, those guys don't know what they're doing, yada, yada, yada. But then they ended up refusing to use the technology. So my manager called me, listen, I know you. I've been working with you for years. You're great. You're going to say what you think. And then you're going to use it and you're going to apply it. But the young people that are looking up to you as a more experienced colleague, as a senior, as a mentor, they're going to listen to you and they're going to pick up the negativity and then they're going to be negative about their work and they're not going to perform optimally. So I understand that some things are not implemented the best, but provide constructive feedback and provide the positive attitude. Okay, now we got this. Let's do the best we can with what we have. And that's actually a good uh, uh, mind switch. You will probably never get everything that you want out of anything. And one of the mindset is to complain and bitch about it. And the other is to say, okay, let's do the best. And the other was, okay, let's take the most of it. But in either way, you're going to try to do the most of it. The only thing is that if you bitch about it, the other people can pick up on it. And then the whole thing can go south. And if you have a positive attitude about it, other people can pick up on it and then have a more positive attitude in general, you know, contribute with new ideas, contribute with new suggestions and things like that. So if you have a way to impact your working environment, your colleagues, your teammates, your superiors, your uh, uh, people who you are superior to, try to install, try to include a positive attitude about what you're doing, a positive attitude about let's solve the problem. The tools we have, we have them. Let's do our best. That's a lot of words to say, don't be a douche. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) Don't be a douche. Try to embody the positive outlook on stuff and your surroundings. And then you will will, uh, inflict positive change.
1: But it's not even being a douche, it's just, uh, 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 you do this not intentionally, you do this, uh, uh, I mean, I did it, so uh, I, I don't think I'm a douche. If somebody does, please leave it in the comments after you subscribe and hit the bell and the like. But uh, I don't think I'm a douche, but I did it unintentionally. It was just like, you know, A mechanism, oh my God, this is faulty. I didn't even mean it as a negative uh, uh, criticism at the time. I meant it, this should have been done better because of this, 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 and this. So I had my arguments and everything, but uh, uh, the way that others could perceive it was negative. And actually the fact that, A, I remember this to this day. So uh, thank you, Alvaro, for, for telling me off. And be uh, uh, the fact that I'm now mindful of it. I think has made me a better person to be working in any team.
0: What what I can tell you with a benefit of hindsight from working growing up and working in Croatia and working with Croatian people and generally with Eastern Europeans, and then moving to London and working mostly with. Western European people and all people from US and generally people who are more from all over the map, it's very Eastern European thing to have a negative outlook towards things. We are raised in an environment that is fosters negativity. And when you get to a environment that is not accustomed to live with a struggle, with the daily kind of problems that we face in Eastern Europe, you can see that these people then have very light view of the stuff and they don't focus on the negative. Yes, negative exists, that nobody's blind to it, but they do not jump to acknowledge the negative things. Just because they see it, it's not the first thing to pop into their mind. And I've seen that where I would be just like here, like, oh, this is bullshit, this sucks, this is like very negative around a lot of th- things. But there's so many positive things that you can, we basically choose what we see, and then what we say. So when you, and I had this conversation recently with my best man, and this is a great example, where we were walking in downtown in Oslo, uh, and there was this big School, right? That looked very. It had a very Nordic architectural design. So it was very plain, very simple, straight lines, straight edges, very bland, very nothing. And uh, as much as I prefer minimalistic design in terms of in apps, I don't prefer minimalism in architecture. Uh, Anyway, so he said, "Oh, this is a school," blah blah blah. And then we were like, I know him for my entire life, and he's also Croatian, and we do. Uh, I do. Tend When I'm writing my jokes and my comedy, I tend to over-exaggerate the negative things for the comedic effect. And then I started describing the school in a very negative light. Right? I said, oh, oh it's a place where they brainwash kids to turn them into the workforce and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and went on all this tirade, tirade against traditional school system. And then he asked me point blank, like, why are you focusing on the negative? Like, why do you perceive the school to the, to be this negative thing, which school, especially schools in Scandinavian countries are not a negative thing. They have a very different way of educating children than we had growing up in Eastern Europe. It's a very way better approach. If I ever had kids, I would want them to be raised and grow up and get school there, Uh and, and then he, he asked me this question, and, and we had a really honest conversation about this, where, like, yes, I did it for the comedic effect. Yes, because I know him, I have this template in our conversation where I jumped straight to this negative. Of course, I'm aware that schools are doing this amazing things and da-da-da. But I chose to, all of all of the things that I know to be good and positive, I chose to focus on this one negative thing. And then I send that out. So... It went through my filter. I had to, I could choose a lot of things to talk about, but then I focused on this negative thing. And whatever comes out of your mouth when you're talking about any subject, if you choose to focus on the negative, people don't know what's happening in your head. So people are not aware that, yes, this person is aware of all the things. They're just choosing one thing. They just see you in this negative light. Oh, he's a negative person. So this is why you got this feedback from Alvaro. And by the way, I know Alvaro, he's an amazing guy and he gave you great feedback. And he told you like, you're being too negative. He knows you not to be a negative guy, but everybody else who only gets a small percentage, small dose of you daily or weekly, especially if you're their superior, they're in a leadership position, they will say, okay, this is how we work. This is like, this guy is a senior. He's amazing and he's very negative and this is how I have to act if I want to be like this. So of course, you're fostering this negativity. So our words and how we communicate paint our reality, but also they paint a picture of who we are to other people. And then other people perceive us based on what we choose to communicate. So why not choose to communicate positivity and things that can actually bring positive change and positive
1: influence instead of negative. There's actually a great quote. I read it somewhere in Ivan Vorace's materials, either on his blog or on his Facebook. By the way, Ivan Voras, if you're listening to this, shout out. Uh, I read that he says, you think that you are this person. If you were to describe yourself, you would say this, nobody in the world, no other single person in the world sees you like that. Nobody, not a single soul sees you like that. So you do have to think about the effects that your uh, impressions and things have on, on other people. Other than that, going a little bit more back to the topic, sorry, because we went really far ahead into deep philosophy and, and that's maybe cool, maybe not, but kind of trying to keep it back to the subject. Go ahead, Sorry.
0: No, uh, um, we're going to ask listeners, if you're actually listening to this part, was this two-way off topic? Did you want to hear more or do you want to hear less? Do you want us to get back on topic? Because I'm interested to hear what people think. Should we really stick to the topic or should we kind of go off script? Because I think this was a great little moment. So uh, I think it was, a, it was a nice old thing. But I want to hear what people have to say. So if you're listening to this point, of course, you're going to subscribe. But then please drop a comment or send us a message or whatever and tell us what you think. And to get to your point, what Ivan shared, there was an article I read years ago. that kind of changed my perspective on how people perceive me was that no single version of you exists. Everybody knows a different version of you, which is to a degree, it was horrifying, but it, it was very liberating as well because everybody knows only one thing that you show them. So why not show the positive sides and be be the positive thing, be a positive person in those people's lives. And also one thing that I, again, this comes from my, from my best man, but I like to quote him on, on this. He's a he we knew each other for for our entire life, right? But we talk like once every two weeks or once a month and and he lives away. And there's no point in like catching up here like, what did you do today? Like, what, he's not my wife. Like, why would I give a shit what he ate and drank in conversation he had? But basically every time you have a conversation with a person that you haven't seen for a while, you get this like a snapshot of this person. And he said that... that And I love this quote. He says, all of us are living our lives 24-7, right? And then you just get a small little percentage of this. And there's no way of knowing what all of the experiences of that person are and how could you, of course. And, And this is great. But once you are aware of this, that people don't know you, that's great. But you also have to be aware that you don't know them. And that goes the same in a workplace, the people that you work with, just because you see them once a week on a meeting, if a lot of it changes, especially during a course of months or years within the same company or a team or a project, like, yes, we are on this, we are in this together, but people do change, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse, and you have to be aware of this, and maybe when I started doing something and, and onboarding on a project and I was really believed in this and I was really into this and I really wanted to do this, that doesn't mean that that will never change. And sometimes people's priorities will change, their life circumstances will change, and sometimes it will just change the nature of the work and they will say like, this is not for me anymore. So then people quit. And it's always funny to see how people are baffled, like, oh my God, I can't believe this person quit after three years. Well, I'm sure there were signs and I'm sure that something changed along the way to make that person quit, change team, change project or whatever. So you have to be mindful of that.
1: Actually, uh, one more story and then going a little bit back to topic. But my co-founder, Martin, recently went to his high school reunion or something. And then he met people from his high school and they were commenting. And a guy said to another guy like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in 15 years since high school. You haven't changed a bit. And Martin was like, dude, that was just like the worst insult that you can, <laughs> that you can say to a person, like if somebody hasn't changed a bit in fifteen years, that's seriously uh, uh, disturbing. Like a uh, uh, responsibility of a human being is to grow, and if you haven't grown, if you haven't changed, that means that you haven't grown, and if you haven't grown in fifteen years, then Uh, so that's really funny. And when buddy was telling me this story, he was really like upset. Like, how can you say that to somebody? That's like, Oh, that's horrible. So yeah. Well, but it's not an insult.
0: It's, it should be a wake up call to someone. Like if you haven't changed since high school in 15 years or whatever, that's a wake up call. Maybe somebody thinks that's all right. And wants to be like that. And if somebody peaked in high school and that's their, that's the farther they can get that's fine but like i don't want nothing to do with those type of people so if you're not growing changing and evolving constantly even and i have accept the fact that we can evolve in very different directions and at some point there's no point for us to hang out anymore or be friends or whatever and I've through course of my life and my career there were some people that I was really tight with for a while but then we evolved differently and we didn't stop being friends we just don't have a lot in common anymore and there was a saying that I really like is like just because we don't hang out anymore doesn't mean that I don't want you to do well in your life. I still want you to feast, just not at my table. So you do your thing. Be great. Be amazing. Do whatever you want to do. I'll try to do the same. If I can help you and support you, let me know. But I don't don't wish you any ill will. I, I want you to be good just because we are on different paths. But if somebody... Is not performing. If somebody is stagnating for years or decades, then there's no reason to hang out with that person apart from the these very specific events where you can see someone. But it's not an insult; it's a wake up call. If that person sees that as a as a something other than a wake up call, or then, yeah, not, nothing to do there.
1: Okay, you have a more live and let live attitude than I do. But regardless of that, uh, going back to the whole being positive thing, I think that's one thing that you should be looking for in an environment. So in a working environment, because you're going to be there, like if you are, especially if you're an employee, if you're an employee, then you are in that company with those people in a connection that you may have wanted, maybe not, but you're in it and you're in it for at least like eight hours a day and you might as well make your environment better for you. So what you can do is you can try to be positive, and what you can do is you can look for an environment that is positive. If an environment is negative, either gossiping, talking down on you, saying everything is crap and things like that, it will drain your energy and your enthusiasm, and they will drag you down into that. As opposed... If you have an environment that is positive, let's do this, let's solve this, hey, we did this, okay, it's not the best, but we did it, they're using it, let's fix it now, all of that in a positive way, then you're going to have the hype to, they're going to pull you up and you're going to have the hype to do it. And this is not only with your peers, this also goes to your leaders, Uh, leaders, managers, seniors, whatever whatever the situation is. They also need to have not only the ability to lead, the knowledge, the experience, but they also have to have the attitude that they are leading you and sort of pulling you with them to get to the goal. The worst thing is if you have a manager that is, you know, assigning blame and saying, okay, you guys suck. I'm the only one who's good. You don't know what you're doing. That's not an environment I would want to be with. So regarding people that you don't want to work with or for, a negative... When you go to work and it's like, oh my God, I'm going to work tomorrow. That's not necessarily, I mean, it can happen here and there, but if it's happening on a daily basis, then you should seriously consider whether that's what you want to be doing and whether that's because of the environment or whether that's because of whatever.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned, I agree hundred percent and you mentioned. We kinda of went on topic when you started talking about building a culture within your company. Now you're in a place where you're hiring people and you have to be mindful of the culture. And firstly, I'm sure it's gonna come down to type of person that you hire, right? So it needs to fit within the culture. And you're deciding what type of culture we wanna build. So is it a hustle culture where everybody's working overtime and da da da? Or is it more of a laid back, hey, let's do our work and then clock out and have a drink and relax? And both can work or whatever or mix in between. But if you have very different people from different types, then it just will not click. And but- when whenever I hired people uh, and work with people, I foster the environment of honesty and bluntness. And I think that people... I I hate that word feedback has been used in a negative context. Whenever I've heard the word feedback, oh, I have some feedback from you, especially when working with Americans. Like for them, the word feedback is a dirty word. Like I'm giving you feedback means like I'm talking down to you and chastising you for doing something bad. That for me is not the word feedback. Word feedback means, hey, I have some opinions... On your work or your editor or whatever. For me, feedback is a is always a positive thing, and I want to foster an environment where sharing feedback between teammates or between anybody is always a positive thing. And even if you're a leader, you should foster an environment where your teammates and 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 people who are reporting to you can still share feedback upwards and give you also like a reverse mentoring type of thing, like a reverse coaching where you're learning how they see you, perceive you, how they perceive your leadership skills, and then how you will act in the, with that information.
1: So, you know how all uh, job interviews are the same, and you can prepare for the same 10 questions, and how we discussed that in the previous episode. If you haven't listened to the previous episode, please go and listen to the previous episode. Well... Uh, at, and subscribe. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> at PK uh my colleague, Marin, when we had like an uh, interview for Jobs, he yeah. added a question and the question was, what should we at PK pay attention to in order to make you happy and in order to make your work life easier? And when we asked that to the candidates, all of the candidates were like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> And it was a serious, it was so beautiful to watch the people's faces go blank, not understanding that we're actually asking them what would make their life easier and what would make them feel better. They were seriously, you know, perplexed by it. And uh, I don't know, (laughs) since that moment, I've loved it and I've stolen it. So thanks, Martin, for thinking of that. It was a great thing.
0: That's that's a great question. What is, if you can single out one of the responses, is there at least one that's stuck in your mind? At least one person gave you a response that you were not expecting.
1: Uh, So the responses, because the question was kind of a surprise, the responses were fairly expected. Like I need an environment where the communication is clear and where if I mess up, you'll tell me. And if I think that you're doing something, I can tell you which goes back to what you were saying. We need a blunt atmosphere. And also uh, uh, where I want to learn, I want to grow and things like that. But uh, uh, still, I, I really like the question and I really like, you know, going into a conversation with people on that. So that's also a thing that you might want to be looking for in a work environment, you know, companies that are interested in making your life easier so you can do your job better.
0: That's yes. I wanna wrap up on that note and be we said last time, two episodes ago, that we're gonna do bad jokes at the end, and then we didn't in the last one, and then we got a comment from one of our listeners like, hey, where's my bad joke? So uh we gonna we're gonna correct that one now and you go first because I've prepared a, a, a bit of a bad joke. So rant. I... Yeah, then you go first.
1: I don't know if we're talking about the same listener, but my listener was Yelena, so hey Yelena, thank you for for pointing out that we omitted the bad joke last time. My bad joke for today is really horrible. What is brown and sticky? A stick. Oh god. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh can you go god, more okay. horrible than that? So yes
0: always uh i got the worst bad joke from chad gpt yesterday because yesterday was international women's day and i wanted to share a light-hearted joke about women so i said to chad gpt Hey, Chad GPT, can you write me a lighthearted joke about women? And he said, I'm sorry, or it said, I don't know why I said he, it said, I'm sorry, I cannot fulfill this request as an AI language model. I strive to promote respect, equality, and dignity for all individuals, blah, 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 regardless of gender and all the shit. I was like, okay, cool. Can you write me a lighthearted joke about men? And then I got like a dozen jokes, which was funny on its of itself. So I said, okay, why do you th- think... It's okay to joke about men, but not women. So he apologized or it apologized. And regarding his previous joke, it said it understands that humor can be subjective. I was like, that's true. Humor can be subjective. Now write me a lighthearted joke about women. And then he, again, I didn't get a joke. And then I asked, can I get a joke about men? Again, I got him. So I was like, okay, how about you reverse this and give me a joke about women that is lighthearted that I can share for Women's Day. And then I got a joke that was lighthearted. And I think it qualifies as a terrible joke. It says, why did the woman go to the airport with a pencil and a paper? She wanted to take down the name of the airplane. I don't get it. I think when you really try not to offend anybody, (laughs) you get this. And, uh, so I said, okay, can we try another one? And then I got, why did the tomato turn red? Because it saw the salad dressing.
1: Okay. That's bad.
0: Okay, okay that, That's bad. But, uh, okay. I was like, sure. Why not? Um, uh, let me, let me read, uh, a, a, a lame joke about men as well. Uh, why do men find it difficult to make eye contact during sex? Because they're usually the ones being filmed. I also don't get that one. So huh? I, like, I, I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, but I, I thought they qualify as bad jokes for our podcast because they are really terrible. Because they suck. So if anybody who works at ChatGPT is listening to this, do better with your jokes, please. Okay. They but... can be funny and not insulting.
1: But now I'm thinking of a new project, like when you have a stand-up comedy gig, have ChatGPT open for you. A, it's going to be innovative. People are going to be interested in it. Apparently, it's going to be horrible. So anything you do afterwards becomes great just because it is. So uh, (laughs) something to think about.
0: That's true. Uh, Anyway, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for lasting for almost an hour again. You're amazing if you got to this point. Uh, we hope you are not offended by our ChatGPT jokes. Uh,
1: or any other jokes.
0: And, or any other jokes. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye.
1: Cheers.